0: Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated.
1: Okay, so uh, please thank your partner and come on back. So anything anybody wants to share? Raise your head.
2: I think this may resonate with a few people because it resonated between myself and Olga, who I was talking to. The wonderful yet evil iPhone. <laughs> because it it makes it so possible and so easy to have all these interruptions in your life and to check email first thing in the morning before you go to sleep. And we realized that by combining necessary functions like a phone, which you would want to have you know, around... And then the work-related, and the internet, and the email, it it both makes things easy, but it also makes it very hard to have the separation that we need in our lives. And so we were talking about some of the ways that, that we, we deal with that, but I just think it was interesting to note, and I suspect that these devices that are bringing us ease are also insidious little problem makers for this exact thing about really Mm -hmm. having less clutter in our lives.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, What what were some of the ways that that you came Uh,
3: up
2: with? I recently gave this a lot of thought. I think number number one for me is use airplane mode, which means you can have your iPhone with you, but you don't have to be receiving emails or calls if you're willing to shut off the rest of the world and just have it with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or moving the icons that are your work-related icons, like email off the initial screen. But I think mostly for us it's have a separate camera so you don't need to have your iPhone with you when you go on vacation. You can actually just have a camera <laughs> and not the iPhone. Or, 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 in, or, or in one thing, have an alarm clock that's an alarm clock so your that's iPhone isn't waking you up first thing in the morning.
1: Great, Thanks. I'm for it. <laughs>
4: Kim, oh, oh. Somebody, mm,
1: yeah. you're next. Just just to add a little bit more nuance to that exact same point, in, even if you want to be able to use the phone, you can just turn off the emails. That was a wonderful. Uh, you can actually go in and just deal with that, so that you can continue to get calls. Because one of the things that I found, and this was what I was actually going to say, this wasn't meant to be a tech seminar on how to use your iPhone.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: what I what I was going to say was. I, my colleagues in India work 12 hours opposite to me, so I'm getting emails all night. And so when I'm home in the evening, it, you know, all of my work is coming through for the, for the next day. And so that was tremendously stressful. And yet at the same time, actually the most difficult thing was actually doing it, was actually turning off the... And for the first, I don't know, couple months, that produced so much anxiety in me knowing that these emails we're generating, it's all happening over here, and I'm not knowing what the hell's going on. It was really, that was really, really difficult. But over a period of probably two or, or more months, uh, and just being very sort of meticulous about saying, okay, I know it's happening, I can't control it, and uh, I'm not going to check it until I actually sit down at my desk the next day. Then I go, all right, click. And yeah, it, so that that the process of letting go actually, in some ways, at least for the short term, created more anxiety. Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm.
0: Here, uh, sit. Um, could could
3: you, you, mm-hmm. you see? yeah, I just want to name that for me. Every time I let something go there's a little death involved. And I'm not speaking even metaphorically so much, if whether it's a pair of earrings. 13 years ago, I sold my house and gave everything away. Um, and while I have these feelings of lightness, I also have feelings of grief still 13 years later. But, but what I learned then, and I learn even now when I close my MacBook at night, which is a really hard thing to do, um, is that there's a there's a death to the future there's a death to I will wear that again you know the idea of never when i give something away i will never wear that again i have to i'm confronting my own death in that moment mm-hmm. the word never i will never wear those earrings again mm-hmm. do you know i am no longer that person mm-hmm. that person has died who wore those things or even when I close my MacBook, I will not get to everything that I think I need for my survival, Mm -hmm. whether it's the survival food, clothing, shelter level or whether it's survival, my sense of who I am in the world level, I'm closing the book on who I am in that moment. Mm -hmm. And um, it helps me to recognize that and kind of welcome that feeling of dying each time I do it.
2: Thank you. And I need to do
3: it more.
0: There's a, I just want to comment. When people uh, get in touch with the truth of impermanence, when they really get it, they hear these teachings, and they say, oh, my God, everything passes. I'll have to let go of everything. Um, Just as you're saying, there is a, a kind of coming to terms with that mini-death in every moment. The other side of impermanence, which we can also incline our mind towards, is that impermanence means infinite creativity, always a new moment about to come that's never been here before. New relationships, New. I sometimes think, uh, think of all your best friends that you've had in your life. Right? Now, some, you might have some from your childhood. Right? Uh, how many people are best friends with their best friend that they grew up with? A handful. The others, and that's beautiful, I still, one of my closest friends, probably my best friend is also from my childhood, but it's rare, or you might also think of all the the infatuations and relationships you've had. Okay, that's a, even a safer one. Uh, how many are with their, their childhood sweetheart? One, lucky, two, how beautiful that is. And think of all, the, all the, the relationships that you said, if this person wasn't in my life, I would die or it would be too much. And each one is a mini-death, just like you're talking about, and something to be honored and respected. And yet, each one, there's a new best friend, or a new something around uh, uh, that's coming into your life. So, um, along with the letting go, this has been helpful for me, along with the letting go of what was, and we'll be taking a look at this towards the end of the day, there's also a celebration of the this infinite creativity and amazing uh, generosity of life to keep on giving us new moments, new relationships, new stuff, new things, um, and uh, it's just it's both honoring and also uh, not needing to only see that as, as the picture, broaden it as well. Anything anything else? So is that yeah. okay? uh I just wanna comment Oh um, t- did oh. you have your hand up? Oh yeah. Oh here's actually what you just said and what others Here. Here, wait, wait for the uh
4: Thank you. Um, what you just said and what others in the room have said just made me realize that, you know, I used to collect books, uh-huh. and and partly the reason I would collect them was because they gave me and whoever came an idea of who I was. Mm-hmm. And I've been letting go of the books, but there are other things that I've been wanting to let go of in my life, like things I used to collect that I no longer care about. And, and again, um, I think it's that thing of what. What um, one of the others in the room said of that gives an indicator of who who I think I am or was, and letting it go is that uh, letting go of it is that problem of like if I'm not that and yeah. that and that, then I'm a hole in the donut. You're uh, who,
0: the hole uh, then I'm the hole donut. in the donut. Mm-hmm. Who am I? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: And and I think I think I need to open up to the notion that. I don't need to know that. Yeah. And I don't need to present that for public consumption either, you know, because it's always changing anyway. Yeah. But um, anyway, that's what came up for me when... Real identity.
0: And you're touching on something that's really profound that these teachings are pointing to. Yeah, uh, one way to think of the hole in the donut is, you know, there's something lacking. Another is... The emptiness, the spaciousness, the who you are beyond your identity is so much more than who we think we are in our little box that we put ourselves, that we hope people will see or we hope people don't see, wh- whichever. That and this letting go, this is why the second noble truth, the third noble truth is about letting go. Ultimately, it's letting go of the whole idea of who you think you are, which for many people, most initially is scary. But when, you know, if you have a chance to go up on, on the other side, up, up to the top of the hill and do a retreat, making that leap, that, that leap of faith that you are not going to disappear, because that's usually, you know, there's this. God, if I really see emptiness, I'm just going to be, you know, swallowed up into the void, you know. It doesn't hurt at all. And to see that you're so much more than who you are, but it is it, the, the holding on to identity is so strong. That's, that's the, the heart of what the Buddha is teaching. And so you're pointing out something really powerful that the ideas that we have That it will be dangerous, or what keep us from our deepest freedom. So um, we just have to really honor that, work with it, and maybe take risks a little at a time to see. Oh, oh, this is this is not what I thought it was. Oh, you're not going to lose. People will still know who you are. You know, you're not going to lose yourself, but you just are playing yourself in a so much larger perspective. You can dance at playing who you are instead of thinking it's the only show in town. There's something much much bigger. So this is this is what the real letting go comes to. Okay, one last one and then we'll Okay, yeah, sure.
5: I was just wondering if you're making a distinction... Oh, hello. I was just wondering if you're making a distinction between material things and human relationships when you talk about letting go.
0: Say say more about the the uh, other.
5: Well, with the human relationship, something may be thrust upon you that you have to deal with and that you weren't planning on dealing with. But with material things, you can make plans your house could be set on fire and then you wouldn't have any control but i think that's kind of a known mm-hmm. and there's the unknown that when it gets thrust on you so i was just wondering if you make any distinction between the loss of relation the loss of things yeah i do
0: yeah and <laughs> we're we're going to be exploring that towards the okay. the latter part of the day but something that I'll just mention here, uh, yesterday, I've been spending the weekend at Spirit Rock yesterday, we did a day on uh, hard things that uh, open the heart, and I was talking about how the five daily reflections that the Buddha says, contemplate every day, uh, I I will grow old, I'm not beyond uh, aging, I will become sick, I'm not beyond sickness, I will die, I'm not beyond death, everything and everyone near and dear to me I will be separated from and I'm the owner of my karma. Uh, you're, you're saying something very important. Human relationships are the most fulfilling aspect probably of being alive. The, the hardest thing is that feeling of disconnection and that we are alone. We're not ultimately alone, but to come to terms with the fact that ultimately we have to let go, we're going to be asked to let go of everything, the Buddha says, think about this every day, not to bum yourself out, but to see this is the truth, and to delight and rejoice in all the relationships that we have, and to know that at some point even that must go and that there's a freedom beyond holding on to those relationships not that they every relationship impacts you you know my dad who passed away 26 years ago is is right inside my heart and he lives with me it's not that i've let go of that connection but if my life ended when he was gone that that would that wouldn't serve him or me or either of us. So there's this balance between celebrating the relationships and ultimately realizing we have to let go of those as well. And we'll, we'll explore it more towards the end. So um, just want to say um, uh, a couple of words, and then we'll uh, mm. and then we'll have a special treat and uh, and end with a, a sitting setting for the day. Uh, again you you might uh, my, We're fu- my not ending for the day, What's that ending for the? What's that ending for the? Ending for the morning. morning you
2: know,
0: right. <laughs> Don't let go that far. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know I, it was it was occurring to me as as you went through the the second uh, exercise you know somebody thinking oh you know is this new Okay, so what's new? I need to lighten up my schedule. You know, what's new? I need to get rid of stuff. You know, what? You might know all of the stuff that you need for oh, a fulfilling and uh, and expansive life. You know, just like you can read in the the f- most basic book on Buddhist teachings. Oh. There's, a, there's suffering, there's a cause of suffering, there's, a path, there's an end of suffering, there's a path. Okay, got it. <laughs> the idea is, and, and I hope as you, you go through the day, that um, to put what you know into practice is, is a major leap. I'm not going to... That's why we wanted you to share from with you with yourselves. Not like, oh yeah, letting uh, lightening up your schedule is good. Okay, now on to the next thing. It's like how can I look at this in my life and see, apply what I absolutely know in my heart is true. Not pretend. Not avoid. Not distract myself. You know. Not judge myself for being where I am that certainly doesn't work. No judgment in here. How can I give myself the gift of well-being? That's what we're talking about. And only you can decide, you know, when people, when people do the, the joy course, right? And I get these amazing emails. It's true. But first when they came, it's like, wow, this stuff really works. But now, Now I get these emails a lot. Wow, this is really making an impact on my life. Thank you so much. It's not that I'm saying anything really new. It's that people are, those people who write an email like that are deciding to put into practice what they know is true. So that's where the magic ingredient comes. Your decision to practice what you know in your heart is true, is real. And nobody can do that for you but you. And if you do it out of guilt or shame or not being enough or whatever, forget it. It's just going to backfire. But if you do it out of, oh, I want to give this to myself because I really, I really do want to feel good about life. And more engaged, and more space, and more open openness of heart. If you choose that, that's the magic. Everything starts with your intention, like, like Jane was pointing out. So when we do this, I, I, as we go through these, I again want to encourage you to just see how could this be relevant for me? What little change might I give myself? Not. Should I do, but will I give myself to just bring about more space and enjoyment and see this truth of, of letting go in, in our life? Okay, so now um, I, it's a real uh, treat to uh, ask um, Kim Rosen, who is here with us, just taking the course, uh, taking the class, to uh, share. Kim. Uh, has written a book that um, has really been uh, cherished by so many people called Saved by a Poem. And um, she uh, uh, does these uh, sharings and presentations. Jane and I just listened to the CD uh, from the book the other night and we're just so moved. We said, wow, that's a good way to spend Friday night. Uh, And uh, so it's our real... Uh, good fortune and delight to have Kim share a bit on these themes, on this theme uh, with, with a poem or, or so, whatever comes out. So here's uh, please, welcome Kim.
3: Thank you.
0: Mm-hmm. Can I, is this okay? Sure. Yeah. <coughs>
3: okay, am I here? Hi. Well, it's an honor to be here and to uh, add some of the mystical, modern, and and classical mystics wisdom to the flow of what's emerging from here and from here. So thank you. Um, there's about 6,000 poems I could recite to support this teaching. So uh, I think what I'll do, since this is the completion of our morning, going into the silence and then the completion, I'll just do a little rerun um, I'll begin with a poem about joy, because that's where we began. And uh, it's a poem, sometimes I find a poem can cut through the mind in a way that prose can't. So this is a poem by Mary Oliver called Sunrise. You could die for it, an idea or the world, people have done so brilliantly, letting their small bodies be bound to the stake, creating an unforgettable fury of light. But this morning, as I walked the familiar hills in the familiar fabric of dawn, I thought of China and India and Europe, and I thought how the sun shines just so joyfully as it rises under the lashes of my own eyes. And I thought, I am so many. What is my name? What is the name of the deep breath I would take over and over for all of us? Call it whatever you want. It is happiness. And it is another one of the ways to enter fire. So thinking about letting go of things. There's a bunch of poems by Kabir that come to mind. Perhaps some of you will know these wonderful little book years ago, the Kabir book, which was versions by Robert Bly, because who knows how much is Robert Bly and how much is Kabir. (laughs) Kabir says, I talk to the wanting creature inside of me. And I say, what is this river you want to cross? There is no one on the river road and no road. Do you see anybody walking around or resting on that bank? There is no river at all. And there is no boat and no boatman. And there is no tow rope and no one to pull it. And there is no bank, no water, no time, no sky, no ford. And there is no body and no mind. Do you really believe there is some place that will make the soul less thirsty? In that great absence, you will find nothing. Be strong then and enter into your own body. There you have a solid place for your feet. Think about it carefully. Don't go off someplace else. Kabir says, student, just throw away all thoughts of imaginary things and stand firm in that which you are. And in another poem he says, I talk to my inner lover and I say, why such a rush? I talk to my inner lover and I say, why such a rush? We know there is... Some sort of spirit that loves the birds and the animals and the ants. It's probably the same one that gave radiance to you in your mother's womb. Is it possible you would be walking around entirely orphaned now? The truth is you turned away yourself and decided to go into the dark alone. And now... You are tangled up in others and have forgotten what you once knew. And that's why everything you do has some weird failure in it. We know there is some sort of spirit that loves the birds and the animals and the ants. It's probably the same one that gave radiance to you in your mother's womb. Is it? Possible you would be walking around entirely orphaned now. It's Kabir. And may I do one more to invite us into silence? This is a wonderful poem. I'm all about mystical poets that are still alive. This is not one of them, actually, but he's recent. Take back what I say as soon as I say it. This is by Pablo Neruda, and uh, it's a poem called Keeping Quiet. And in its own way, it's about giving up stuff. (laughs) Now we will count to 12, and we will all keep still. Let's not talk in any language. Let's stop for a second and not move our arms so much. It would be an exotic moment without rush, without engines. We would all be together in a sudden strangeness. Fishermen in the cold sea would not harm whales. And the man gathering salt would not look at his hurt hands. Those who prepare green wars, wars with gas, wars with fire, victories with no survivors, would put on clean clothes and walk about with their brothers in the shade, doing nothing. What I want should not be confused with total inactivity. Life is what it is about. I want no truck with death. If we were not so single-minded about keeping our lives moving and for once could do nothing, perhaps some huge silence might interrupt this sadness of never understanding ourselves and of threatening ourselves with death. Perhaps the earth can teach us as when everything seems dead in winter and later proves to be alive. Now, I will count to 12, and you keep quiet and We'll go. Pablo Neruda, translated by Alistair Reed, and thank you so much for this opportunity.
0: Thank you. So we just uh, will do a, a short <coughs> sit as Pablo Neruda suggests, um, and then we'll. Uh, Close to, uh, come close to, to lunch. We'll do one last thing, just uh, a few announcements uh, before before we end. This will just be about 10 minutes or so. So, <clears throat> And as you do, I'll just say a few words and then, and then I'll be quiet for 10 minutes. As you do, as you sit this time, we can incline towards uh, letting go of any expectations, letting go of any experience that we're trying to create, letting go of any agenda, and simply allowing this moment to be just as it is. When we find ourselves lost in thought, let go of the thought, and lovingly, patiently, gently, Come back and, once again, honor the moment with your presence.
3: Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.